This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is True Crime Psychology and Personality where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in counselor education and supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Ross Ulbrich? His story was told in a documentary in 2015 titled Deep Web. So first I'll look at Ross Ulbricht's background, I'll move to the timeline of the crimes, then I'll offer my analysis. Ross Ulbricht was born in Austin, Texas on March 27, 1984. He graduated from high school in 2002 and earned a scholarship to the University of Texas at Dallas. He would graduate with a bachelor's degree in physics in 2006. He went on to earn a master's degree in material science and engineering at Pennsylvania State University in 2009. He moved back to Austin, Texas and tried a couple of different ventures like day trading and forming a video game company. Neither one worked out. Elbrick and a friend formed an online company that sold used books. Elbrick ran that company alone after his partner moved to Dallas. In 2010, Elbrick put together an idea for a website where people could essentially buy and sell anything without having to leave any evidence behind, like a secret transaction website. Eventually, he would call this website Silk Road. He decided that a cryptocurrency named Bitcoin would be used for all of the transactions on the site. All of the users on Silk Road would be anonymous and, in theory, untraceable. Ulbrich created Silk Road in 2011 and operated the site with the username Dread Pirate Roberts. He got the idea from the movie The Princess Bride. Albert kept about 6 to 10% of the total value of the transactions, which added up to millions of dollars. He hired employees to work for him. They helped him with different activities like resetting passwords, resolving disputes between buyers and sellers, and answering complaints. So what type of items were sold on Silk Road? Well, we see a number of different drugs were sold, like heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine, cannabis, benzodiazepines, and suboxone. Really, pretty much any type of controlled substance was available there. It does appear that the majority of the drug transactions had to do with cannabis. We also see that other items were sold, like firearms and other weapons, and forged documents. It appears as though Albrecht did try to restrict certain types of dangerous items, there was some effort to do that. His efforts were not always successful in that area. In theory, nothing that harmed another person should have been sold on Silk Road. Of course, drugs harm people, so we run into a problem there. As his business increased and started to draw the attention of the authorities, Ulbricht started to believe that certain people should be eliminated, 
like people that he was afraid would provide the authorities with information that could lead to his arrest. Later, federal prosecutors said that he had paid $730,000 to kill five people who threatened his business. The prosecutors acknowledged that no actual homicide took place. No murder-for-hire charges were ever brought against Albrecht in the New York federal court, but there was an indictment for one murder-for-hire charge in federal court in Maryland. This was dismissed with prejudice after he was sentenced. With prejudice means that it can never be reinstated, so those charges are gone forever. In addition to the alleged murder-for-hire plots, drugs purchased on Silk Road contributed to the death of at least six people. Ulbrich was getting in a lot of trouble. His website was doing something novel at the time, offering buyers and sellers a way to avoid much of the legal risks associated with their behavior. The FBI and other agencies were desperately trying to figure out who he was. Eventually, they figured out that it was Ulbrich by connecting his username to a post he made when the website was still under development. He had asked for someone to help with programming and used an email address that contained his name. Ross Ulbrich was arrested at a public library in San Francisco in October of 2013. In August of 2014, he was charged with conspiracy to commit computer hacking, conspiracy to traffic narcotics, and money laundering. The prosecution offered him a plea bargain, which would have sent him to prison for only 10 years. Under the circumstances, that plea deal was reasonable. Ulbrich was confident he could beat the charges, so he decided to go forward with a trial. It appears as though Ulbrich underestimated the prosecution or overestimated his own abilities because on February 4, 2015, he was convicted of all the charges. On May 29, 2015, he was sentenced to life imprisonment with no possibility of parole for each of two counts, so two life sentences. For other counts, he was sentenced to five years, 15 years, and 20 years to run concurrently. So overall, we see two life sentences plus 40 years but really just one life term in prison. I'm sure he was pretty happy about that. His sentence was so harsh because of the murder for hire allegations and the deaths due to drug use. Ulbrich appealed his conviction. He believed his sentence was too harsh, and he said that one of the agencies investigating him, the DEA, withheld evidence about two agents who were convicted in connection with the investigation of Silk Road. These agents had stolen Bitcoin from Silk Road. They were convicted and went to prison. Ulbrich's appeal was denied. Now moving to my analysis. Ulbrich was ideologically motivated, at least in the beginning, with Silk Road. It would seem that money and power may have become more important to him as time went on. He viewed himself as promoting libertarian economics. He didn't want the government to control what people could buy and sell. He viewed himself as a hero to the people, fighting an oppressive system designed to control people's lives. There were many people who agreed with him. Silk Road became a community of like-minded individuals, as well as a massive criminal conspiracy. Was Ross Ulbrich guilty? I think he was actually guilty. I think he did create Silk Road and operate it. He knew what he was doing was illegal. Do I think he was guilty beyond a reasonable doubt? So using the legal standard, this is a lot more difficult to figure out. During his trial, the court really seemed to side with the government a lot in terms of what evidence could be presented. For example, the government was not required to explain 
how they are able to find and seize the server hosting Silk Road. It really did seem like they violated Ulbricht's Fourth Amendment rights, like this was an illegal search and seizure. But how could Ulbricht prove that if the government didn't have to explain how they did it? So that didn't really seem fair. The court also would not let Ulbricht's defense explore avenues related to the idea that Ulbricht was not the only person functioning as Dread Pirate Roberts. There were multiple administrators on Silk Road. I'm not convinced that Ulbricht was really given a fair trial. Therefore, I don't think he was guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. In addition, regarding those agents that took the Bitcoin, it's amazing to me that that appeal was not successful. The government agents literally became criminals, and somehow that was not exculpatory to Ulbricht? That seems hard to believe. Investigators turning into criminals is usually a good basis for an appeal. Another area of interest, of course, is the severe sentence. So outside the issue of guilt or innocence, why was Ulbricht sentenced to life in prison? Much of the controversy surrounding Ross Ulbricht is based on this point. Not so much the guilt, but the life in prison. Many people feel that Ulbricht was dealt with too harshly. This actually touches on a lot of areas, including his state of mind when he started Silk Road and when he was operating it. There was a lot involved in his sentencing. The judge looked at his motivation and looked at many other factors. Going into the hearing where Ulbricht was sentenced, he was facing a few problems, especially the sentence enhancements. What hurt him the most was the fact that a few people who bought the drugs on Silk Road died, as I mentioned, and of course this whole business with the alleged attempted murders didn't help him either. The transcript of the hearing is available. It's 58 pages. It was much more interesting than I thought it would be. There were victim impact statements as far as the people who bought the drugs from the site, some philosophical arguments about street corner drug dealers versus what Ulbricht did, and discussions about the alleged murder for hire. One of the areas that really stood out to me would be Ulbricht's statement at sentencing. Here's a summary of what he said to the judge. This is when he was pleading to not go to prison for a long time. He said, I have changed. I'm not the man I was when I created Silk Road, not the man I was when I was arrested. I am more wise and mature. If I had a chance to be free, I would never break the law again. I respect the law. I am not greedy or vain. I am not sociopathic. I wanted to empower people to make choices in their lives with anonymity. It would be devastating to lose my freedom. I would like to throw a Frisbee to a dog or go to Thanksgiving dinner. So I think he was just really giving examples of what he would do with his freedom and why he would enjoy freedom. Then we see the judge's response. The judge seemed quite thoughtful. He claimed that he spent 100 hours thinking about Ulbricht's sentence, considering it from every angle. This did not seem like a knee-jerk response on the part of the judge. The judge talked about how he recognized that Ulbricht was a person. He went into a bit of philosophy here for a while. The judge also talked about some of Ulbricht's statements, like things Ulbricht wrote, including something Ulbricht wrote where he said, I'm running a multi-million dollar criminal enterprise. The judge wasn't too impressed with that admission. The judge concluded that Ulbricht's behavior was thoughtful, not impulsive. So it wasn't like Ulbricht was just acting on this philosophy without thinking about it, like he just didn't understand what he was doing. Rather, the judge was actually giving him credit in a way 
by saying that Ulbrich had thought all this through quite carefully. The problem, of course, was that this made Ulbrich more responsible. He knew what he was doing, and he chose to continue doing it anyway. Ultimately, the judge believed that the life sentences were justified, albeit devastating, to Ulbrich. As we can see from the statements made by Ulbrich and the judge, Ulbrich's economic philosophy was an issue as far as motive. We know there are a number of economic theories that influenced him quite a bit, as I mentioned. Before he created Silk Road, he had contemplated its purpose. He thought he could wipe out all the aggression in the world with his website. That is a lofty goal, to be certain. My guess is that Ulbrich started out with what he believed were good intentions, but the monster he created took control, like the influence from all these criminal elements on that site all the time. It turned Ulbrich into something he did not intend to become originally. He was making millions of dollars. He was powerful. It felt exciting to be the kingpin of a massive criminal enterprise. It's worth noting, however, that at the time Ulbrich was arrested, he lived in an apartment with other people and didn't own a car. So it didn't seem like the money was really critical to him. Perhaps it was more about the power. So back to the idea of the fairness or lack of fairness of Ulbrich's sentence. I thought about his sentence for a while, and I read everything I could find on the case, like all of the legal documents that were available. I don't think his sentence was just. Here's why. The enhancements that were used to justify the life sentences were essentially aggravating factors. He was never convicted of murder for hire. I know an argument can be made on a legal basis, like technically those were overt acts that function as part of a criminal conspiracy. But at a moral level, this seems like a slippery slope. If they wanted to sentence him for murder for hire, they should have tried him for that crime. Somebody should be convicted before being sentenced. One would think that the government would be aware of this principle. Moving to the next reason the sentence wasn't fair, Ulbrich was a nonviolent first offender who received two life sentences plus 40 years and, of course, did not have the possibility of parole. I agree his crimes were serious. I think 10 years would have been reasonable under the circumstances like with what we see with that plea deal. Other people that were arrested in connection with Silk Road only spent a few years in prison. Many of them are not in prison at the time I'm making this video. I think Ulbrich is somebody who just got carried away with his philosophy. He was very interested in the free market, privacy, and limited government. He developed a way to promote his philosophical agenda. His motivation was not born out of anger, aggression, revenge, and indifference to life. He wasn't Pablo Escobar or El Chapo. He was literally an Eagle Scout when he was younger and a brilliant student. Causing harm to people I don't think was really his objective. He accepts responsibility for what he did with Silk Road. He is remorseful. He learned that strong philosophical beliefs cannot justify creating a criminal enterprise. If he was released, I would be surprised if he ever broke the law again. Seems like a good candidate for some degree of mercy and compassion. I think the bottom line with Ulbrich is that he aggravated the system by not accepting the plea deal. They saw fit to make an example out of him when they probably should have hired him. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa Vita Brevis. 
Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money.